brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. You'd wonder, hey, what's our future like with our young people? That was one night that I'm like, you know what? We have a chance. The whole team comes running over. Yeah, I think every position has a scholarship offer. There's not too many weak spots. If I get trampled, fine. Are the microphones okay and are the cameras and lights okay? That's the number one priority. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device or small. Very, very busy week last week. Very, very busy week coming up this week, especially here on GPB. We'll get into our game of the week and all the other news that is going on here coming up in just a little bit. But John here, Hannah there. And so now it's time to catch up with what is on your mind over the next little while here with the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Yeah, jam-packed podcast as well. Here's what we got coming up on the show. We'll recap our Football Fridays in Georgia game of the week. North Cobb versus Walton. Take a look at what happened in region openers around the state. Preview Friday's matchup between Mill Creek and Buford. And tell you what's to come in our brand new flag football coverage. Yes. Lots to get to today, John. All right. So you want to start with what was before we go into what will be? Yes. Let's do that. So we had a recap. Region 5, 7A showdown between North Cobb at Walton. This one was at Raider Valley. Mm-hmm. The Warriors got their first region win of the season, 33-6, to to go 4-2 and on the year, 1-0 region play. They were leading 33 to nothing heading into the fourth quarter, John. That's when the running clock started. Yep. What a shocking ending to a game that was supposed to be super close in all of our eyes. No doubt about it. And you end up with... Uh... You kept looking at the scoreboard, and every single chance that North Cobb had to be clinical, they were clinical. They took advantage of everything. They were stout defensively going up against Walton. But this one was one of the top stunners of the week. A, that you got the upset, and B, the margin that it was. 33-6 the final with that six being scored in the running clock in the fourth quarter. It was just a wow. It was a wow game on Friday night. Grimstead was 6 of 8 passing, 186 yards, and three scores. Georgia Cotton Commission player of the game, like you said, John, mm-hmm. and here's what he had to say after the big win. Um, it's very it's very humbling, you know. It's a lot to learn real fast, um, but most of the part, it's humbling for, yeah. Big game for the kid. Yep, and a sophomore learning as quickly as he has been learning when it comes to this offense, and you've got all of these offensive weapons behind you. The, the running game has been absolutely stout for North Cobb, and then it's given – uh, Grimstead a bit of a, a cushion and a learning curve to get integrated into this offense as quickly as, 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 as he has. And we also caught up with the North Cobb head coach Shane Queen afterward. Very emotional as always because he's been through a lot this season and the team continues to strive. Our kids believe in what we're doing at North Cobb and they know that we love them. And the adverse, this is because of all the adversity they've been through. And when our quarterback went down, nobody pouted and looked around. They said, Nick Grimstead, jump in there and let's go. And that's what our kids, they love each other. They want to play for each other. And that's the difference in our program and some of the others. And right after that, the whole team comes running over, basically Save the microphone. piling on. Save the microphone. <laughs> Save the audio and video equipment, please. Oh, my gosh. You got, the, the, you got trampled, John. Uh, well, actually, Shane got trampled. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure I could get into the pile from the side to make sure that the microphone didn't end up like, you know, to where you hear hear one of these, one of those moments. 
I just had to make sure that the mic stand and the microphone were going to stay as pristine as possible. They they all went on top of each other, and it was it's great to see that kind of camaraderie for a team that has been through a lot, especially with one of their star players. But, yeah, to see that, just to make sure. I had to make sure the audio was going to yeah. be okay. All the TV equipment had to stay safe. That was the biggest thing for me. Forget forget me. If I get trampled, fine. Is the audio and <laughs> Forget are the, John. Are the microphones okay and are the cameras and lights okay? That's the number one priority. Forget John in this situation. It's the cameras and the lights, audio and video. John is like John ninth, comes away with scratches John's and bruises. ninth on the list when it comes to making sure that everything is fine. One more thing about the game. We talked about the offense, but the defense. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. No doubt. And, you know, you you hold Walton, who is now 4-2, and two, to just uh, – they were hamstrung the entire night. And they were kept guessing on defense and on just a – you run out of words yeah. sometimes. So well coached. Yeah. So well coached. Yeah. When you have a, a game and an outing like you saw from North yeah. Cobble on both sides of the ball, Shane Queen said after the game, he says – I've got the best defensive coordinator in the state of Georgia, no doubt about it. <laughs> and they wanted the shutout so badly. Hopefully they can hang on to him. Yeah, but yeah, and just and trying to do a Shane Queen impression really does hurt. You can only do that in very short yeah. bursts. Take a sip of your lukewarm Mountain Dew that you've been sipping on for a week. Uh, yeah, I will in a, I will in a bit. All right, so what, what, else is on, what else is on your dossier there? Well, let's take a look around the rest of the state, and we'll kind of blow through my scoreboard here because I know you've got some games that you want to talk about. Right. So before Friday began, there was 43 unbeaten teams. It's not that way anymore. Mm-hmm. We'll start with Region 7-4A, where 7-0 Cedartown handed 6-1 now. Heritage Ringgold, its first loss of the season. Final score in that one. 42 to nothing. And then in Region 1 AA, Worth County gave Fitzgerald its first loss of the season as well at Mil- Miller Field. That score was also 42 to nothing. Then it was a big Region 3 4A opener for Burke County and Benedictine. The Cadets beat the Bears 28 to 3 on Thursday. At Wildcat Stadium in Region 4 4A, Trinity Christian beat Whitewater 27 23. And we saved one of the best for last. John, mm-hmm. definitely need your take on this. Yep. The biggest rivalry game in Georgia, well, one of them. The Winnersville Classic was played at Martin Stadium this year between Valdosta and Lowndes. The Wildcats pulled it out 13 to 6. Vikings won it last year, twenty-one to nothing. What did you think about that game? Under two hundred yards of total offense for Lowndes, and with everyone that was watching this game for me down in South Georgia, they're like, "Okay, uh, touchdown! You know, touchdown Valdosta and a field goal Lowndes mm-hmm. and a touchdown." As you can't, they weren't able to match. Lowndes wasn't able to match what they were seeing uh, offensively with Valdosta, but the defense has really been stout for Shelton Felton. They've kind of uh, adapted his own philosophy when it comes to to attitude and effort yeah. and those kinds of things they really are Shelton Felton's defense and it's been it's been really intriguing for me to see them uh, respond to the call against Florida teams and now in region play against Georgia teams the Wintersville Classic out of the blocks in region play mm-hmm. tremendous work by Shelton Felton and their crew across the board our web game yes Kennesaw Mountain yep beat Osborne mm-hmm. 49 to nothing yep I know, but you know, Kennesaw Mountain. Poor Osborne. But I, I, happy for Kennesaw Mountain, but yeah. Osborne was, they were getting it going this year. Yep, uh, 49 nothing. It was 35 nothing at the half. Uh, came in Prangley, 15-20 for 295 and four 
Caden Lee had eight catches for 139 on a score. Dominant effort by uh, Caleb Carmine. It was great to catch up with Caleb on the postgame show, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he was great. To, uh, to see what it's like for him going back to his alma mater and bringing that program forward. Double-digit wins last year. I know the expectations are just as high this year for Kennesaw Mountain, but a dominant effort for them against Osborne. But yeah. still, great season so far for the Cardinals to this point. So 6-0. and Kennesaw Mountain is one in a region play. So yep. they're sitting atop the region five, seven, a standings right with North, North Cobb, right? Yep. And that one, that matchup's When's coming that up in short order. So Let's you'll, see. you'll I'm end up page. with, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's uh, two weeks from now, October 21st. Yep. So uh, North Cobb has Wheeler this week. Kennesaw Mountain has Walton this week. Mm-hmm. So you have Kennesaw Mountain taking on Walton yep. and you have Kennesaw Mountain taking on North Cobb. That round Robin will determine your one, your two All and right. your three. Let's preview our game of the week because that coincides with our guests this week. It's a Region 8 7A showdown between two of the country's best teams. Mill Creek is ranked number 18 in the country, Buford number 7. This should be an incredible matchup between two powerhouses, some of the best in the country, John. Mm -hmm. Wolves trying to make Georgia High School history this season by winning a state championship in all classifications after reclassification brought them up to 7A. And Mill Creek trying to get to the state championships for mm-hmm. the first time in a while. What are your thoughts on this matchup? I mean, I know that we're all looking at uh, the likes of Caleb Downs from Mill mm-hmm. Creek, and we're looking at Justice Haynes for Buford, and I know that a lot of folks will have them in the spot shadow uh, when it comes to your own personal TV open in your head, but it's more than just those two. It is the depth that you see from Buford on both sides of the ball. It is the the effort that is there from Mill Creek trying to, to sit there and, and assert their personality when it comes to Gwinnett County football and being a top 20 program. And this is where we get to catch up with our guest, Mill Creek head coach Josh Lovelady, about this matchup and what it's been like to see Mill Creek evolve as a program. Mill Creek head coach Josh Lovelady joins us now. And coach, I know you joined us on the postgame show a few weeks ago, but we haven't talked and you haven't been on the podcast in a while. So how are you? Doing well, doing well. Just got off the practice field, trying to get ready for another big region matchup with Buford. So we we got a lot of preparation to do for that team. I've heard of those two schools, and <laughs> last time I checked, you're both pretty good. Um, when it comes to having two teams that are nationally ranked, you're you've got an afternoon practice because of holidays, and you're coming off of of fall breaks and things like that. How, how difficult is it to to keep focus? knowing all of this attention like stuff that we're doing here is is kind of descending upon you for this week? Well, it's not never easy um, because, like you said, you just hope um, to dive into the football part of it. But, you know, you've also earned this right, for, um, you know, with what the kids have done either this season or, or what the other opponent's done to make this the key matchup. Um, and, it's, and let's be honest, we've had uh, Corky Kell, we've had uh, other ranked teams we played. So um, it's kind of one of the things that we, we – do the best we can, and but also look at the flip side. It is a, another thing to add to your to-do list um, and to handle with the logistic-wise, but um, it makes it um, more exciting as far as Friday night. 6-0, and 1-0 and with your first uh, in region play with your first region win over Central Gwinnett September 29th. You had a bye week this week, though. What sort of things were you focusing on to get ready for this huge top 20 matchup of, of the top one, two of the top teams in the country? Uh, it's about us. You know, we did a summary uh, as coaches and said, okay, this is what we uh, feel like are, are guarded strengths and who we are um, after, you know, six games and, and a lot of those guys, those teams 
expose us on some things that are weaknesses or things that we need to address as well. So uh, we made a kind of like a to-do list and say, let's do these things um, to, as far as offense, defense, special teams. Also kind of handled some situations uh, that have not come up, you know, like a two-minute drill. We haven't had to do it, but, uh, it's, but you know, we better have it ready to go. Um, you know, if, if we need to pull it out or um, handling, taking a safety or whatever it may be. So uh, a lot of, most of it was about us, but I won't, be, I won't lie. We did start trickling in uh, Tuesday and Wednesday uh, some game plan for Buford. How much tape do you and the staff watch for a game like this, knowing its import and its impact over a 10-game schedule and a region game and all those kinds of things and everything, all the bells and whistles that we're attaching to it? How much film do you actually go back and watch for a team that is as nationally ranked as you are? Well, to be honest with you, it's every week. Um, and, and it didn't matter who we were playing every week. Uh, early in the year, it's tough when you play a Walton that had you know, game one where you're kind of going back to the end of their year and say, okay, um, what do they do? And, and, and But also then you have changing coordinators, things like that, to where uh, now it's kind of a little easier in the season because you just look up the last four to five games and say, what, who, what, what is it they do well? Um, what are some formations, alignments, things like that we need to address? Where can we attack them or, or um, feel like there's good matchups? But uh, I'd say, you know, every, every game they played, we've watched from game one on of theirs, and we, we've, uh, you know, we've used the huddle app that allows us to, to collect data and see how many times in certain formations certain plays ran. And we just, it's, a, it's really almost like you hear in the NFL in college, uh, it's data analysis and say, okay, you only have so much time at practice. Let's work on what is it they do well or what is it they do the most um, and what and their alignments. They may only do one or two things uh, out of this formation well. That, that'll go down to the bottom of the list. Um, so that's what our, our coaches do a great job of finding out those kind of uh, this is what they like to do and, and run the numbers, and then we practice around it. After all of that data collection, what would you say your keys to the game are? What are some of the soft spots on the Buford, <laughs> Buford team? <laughs> Hannah's going to go ahead and lay this stuff out. No, no I'm not. I'm just... bolting board up there. I appreciate it. I, I, I want to know what, what you're going after. I mean, oh, my goodness. Y- y- y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> she's she's uh, bolting board material. That's what she's saying. That's, right. that's what she's looking for. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, they, they're so well coached. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach Appen and the staff does a great job over there. And you can tell year after year they put a quality product out. Um, and that's a reflection of the, how he runs his program and, and the coaches and the players that, that are participating in that. Um, I would say probably this year, you know, is, is their dynamic is – and offensively is probably one of the biggest things is they shift in motion um, a lot. Um, I'm talking about moving people all over the place. Uh, and it creates some issues as far as lining up on defense uh, to where you're not in the wrong place. Um, and so you'll see if you go back and really look at the film, uh, they move a lot of people around. Um, and then you got, what, you know, three or four running backs back there that's, uh, um, that are, are, can check out any play. It doesn't matter. Um, so that's the biggest concern there as far as our defense is making sure we line up on gap sound. Uh, offensively, you know, they have what, I don't know, y'all probably have the stats. I mean, 11 Maybe million. all 11 of them. <laughs> <laughs> 11 guys probably over there that uh, I think every position has a scholarship offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, there's not too many, you know, uh, weak spots uh, <laughs> in the armor there that you can go attack. So, okay. you know, we kind of just going to be who we are um, as far as offensively and, and try to, you know, create some, some things um, on offense to, you know, stay, stay who we are that got us this point. Don't, you know, scrap everything and say, let's just go run this and, and be, um, because we got to throw up our hands and say, well, there's nothing there. So um, trusting our kids and what we do offensively 
uh, to you know stretch people not only vertically with our but also horizontally. I think we've got the best skill position we've ever had here at Mill Creek, uh, where we've kind of been liming you. Um, we, we can still run the ball. We've got you know Cam Robinson is is you know one of the top in the state as far as that, averaging, I don't know, 140 um, yards of game um, rushing, but also the guys on the perimeter uh, that we can attack folks um, and bringing some guys over from the defense side of the ball um, has really helped us as well, playing two ways and spot playing. So I think special teams, it can be a toss-up. I think we've got some um, great special teams, folks with Jacob Ulrich, uh, doing our punting and kicking, where we can uh, definitely flip the field um, on some things. But you also have a kid back there in Justice that's a kickoff returner uh, that can check out at any moment, too. So I think that's one of those coin flips on special teams as far as execution. Um, so we, we just got it. Really, it's about, I think, as far as us um, being prepared um, to, to keep it a close game and, and take advantage of opportunities. What's it been like for you to see this program, meaning the Mill Creek program, grow over time? Because it was, you know, it was Shannon and Shannon and Andy and all of you West Georgia guys. And I want to ask about that coming up in a little bit. But what's it been like for you to see this program grow to where it is right now when we're talking about programs, capital P, here in the state of Georgia? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's ironic you said that because we did, Coach Hodges did a little. Uh, history lesson on Mill Creek because you know we're we're in year 19 uh, so we went over and talked about the first three years how they weren't done with our school so we had to go to Norcross uh, over in that area bus kids over to do spring we had to go the first two years where we had 90 freshmen and we only had back then, back then nobody transferred from Decula North they were two established programs when we opened up uh, so nobody transferred unless they either a hadn't played the game of football or b they were not going to play uh, they, you know there so we had a lot of freshmen that we had to grow up went three and seven a couple of years and then we ended up starting you know cracking the playoffs um, jumping in region play and things like that so we had to kind of talk to our kids and say this is the foundation that we started solid and and y'all reaping re- rewards of it right now as far as um, not having to have rebuilding years uh, but just a reloading years and, and understand how uh, I think it's a it's a correlation as far as our, also our culture as far as how do we be how we treat our bottom half. You know, I'm talking about are we uh, we're getting reps for the Caleb Downs? Are we getting that sophomore reps and coaching him just as hard? Uh, that's going to be that dude in a year, if not two year, uh, that's going to replace Caleb once he goes on to Alabama. That's that's where I think our staff does a tremendous job um, of. of taking that program and saying, hey, this isn't just a one-hit wonder for this year. we got to realize that this is a long-term investment um, in, our, in our program. All right. Now, the West Georgia connection, I wanted to get into that here a little bit. There are mm-hmm. a lot of you across the state, and our friends at the Georgia High School Football Daily came up with this massive, like, three-page printed list of all the coaches that came out of the University of West Georgia mm-hmm. who are coaching here in the state. And Coach Lovelady and a lot of his friends, they're on this text chain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's, it's been fun to see who's on the text chain, what these conversations are like. So, okay, so, Coach, I need you to pull back the curtain a little bit. Who is on this text chain of yours? What do you guys talk about? And there are rules that are attached to this text chain, too? <laughs> Yeah, I was finally added. Um, I was congratulations. <laughs> yes, yes, last year <laughs> Dyer was just wearing me out, and, and John Small and uh, a few of the other guys. He's at East Coweta because uh, it's all iPhones, you know, to have a group text and having all that stuff. So I had to get an iPhone to be part of the group to be involved in there and had a. Um, so yeah, there's rules. The rules are you can, you know you can only go so late. I think it's at ten o'clock in the at night, um, and then in, you can't be in the middle of the night. Someone watching a game and comment or whatever it may be, and then you got in the mornings, you can't, you know, you got, it's kind of like a pause period. 
because uh, otherwise when your phone goes off and you got, you know, 30, 40 guys on there. We have a group text chain at GPB that I would like uh, to be off of. Can I go ahead and put a request to get off of this? Saturday morning, we're rehashing the game that we all just lived. Ding, ding, ding. So this Saturday morning, we'll be talking about Mill Creek Buford all over again. I I've got. I, gr- think, I, think I am up Hannah, early, y'all. Hannah's I've got girls. To portal into your text chain. <laughs> I'd coach. rather be into his than than y'all's. Okay, well, I've got one more question, Coach. And we, we talked about this on the post game show, but the podcast is a totally different audience. And I wanted to give your daughter one more shout out here, Ruby Reese. She's the yeah. freshman homecoming queen. That was a couple weeks ago. Tell us a little bit about that experience and just how proud you are as her father. Tell you what, I, I, it was one of those moments, a special night. Holy cow. Um, you know, I mean, I have a picture on my desk, and I think, John, you saw it. Of yep. Her sitting in my lap that had the headphones on. It looks like it just engulfs her head uh, when we first opened up. And uh, Shan Jarvis always had a family first, uh, you know, a field house. And what I mean by that is some coaches are kind of like, hey, this is a working environment, you know, we need to, you know, it's professional, you know, kids are, you know, we don't need a bunch of kids running around here, you know. Um, it's always been that way at Mill Creek. I mean, you'll you'll find, you'll reach down and say, what's down the floor? And it's going to be, you know, they'll have a Nerf gun fight in the summer, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the whole field house will have Nerf guns all over it and we got to go pick them up or, you know, some kids scrape the knees or you got a kickball going in the middle of practice, uh, whatever it may be. So uh, it, it's the family environment here at Mill Creek, but then our our we we have a we're a special ed hub here at Mill Creek High School, mm-hmm. meaning we have some folks um, that have special classes that come here to Mill Creek from other districts. Uh, so our student council and, and our ladies Megan Ivester and some uh, took the lead and said, you know, with, with that population's not, you know, they don't get to be in the regular classes. Let's have some representatives from those people from those um, special ed um, pods, and so we did. And then they went in to vote, and and I wouldn't have thought of anything, you know, about it, but then. Jason or our Jason Lane, our principal, said, in whenever she was named the ninth grade princess, uh, which is by vote by the whole student body, it was just, gosh, it wasn't even close. And I mean, wow. I just, uh, I had a little fan of mine at that moment, uh, how special that was. Um, and then she was just excited to be out there. She she has her favorites uh, of kids that that that. And what's and again going back to being on the field house, um, you know, when the kids in there injured and not in practice, the kids are running around here. They're doing rehab or whatever it is. Uh, those they get to go in the training room and go get a cup of ice and they'll sit down and say what's wrong with you you know what I'm saying and then they'll get to form relationships and these kids uh, knowing that they they have little ones around them um, as we all know high school kids can you know get a little uh, you know uh, with the language and everything else it's a, also accountability piece where somebody's always watching them so uh, that was very special uh, when she was she was named I'll be honest with you, she's like her daddy though she's going like uh, she's ready she kept asking my wife Shannon. Uh, when do when do I get to have out of the dress? She's a t-shirt and short kind of gal, and uh, but she she loved it, uh, dressed up. Got to put my folks were in town from Kansas, so my dad subbed um, for me to take pictures before, and then uh, at halftime I went and walked her down, and then uh, we had the pictures and everything else. And then uh, what? And this is kind of ironic. I don't know if I told John this is um, afterwards. I'm real big on you know being first class, doing the right thing. Uh, you know, for the you know the game has got you know, the purity of the game, and afterwards we beat Central, and and uh, afterwards they were hooping and hollering and kind of gathered around, circled around, and I'm like, what's going on? And I was to be honest with you, I was mad. I was going like, <laughs> you know, that game, are they celebrating? We don't do that. That's a locker room deal. You know, if you want to hoop and holler, you don't. It could, it could be perceived wrong. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, success celebration. 
And so I went around there and I asked Beard, one of my coaches said, what are they doing? I says, I'm going to, I'm fixing to light them up. And I, <laughs> and I go around the corner and, and one of my coaches like, coach, they're all getting lined up for a picture with Reese. I went, Aww. Oh, you talk about flipping a switch. Mm -hmm. of, uh, went from anger to like, Holy cow. How special is that? I mean, we just had a victory first region victory and all these kids are, you know, stacking around her and, and she's in the middle. Um, that was a moment. That was a moment that, you know, with all the stuff that's going on in the world, that's, you know, that's kind of negative or, or that's scary for our kids. And you wonder, hey, what, what's our future like with our young people? You know, what, what are they, are they making good decisions? That was one night that I'm like, you know what, we have a chance. Um, it may be, a, you know, and with a, with these group of kids, as far as taking five minutes and saying, hey, let's get um, some of my seniors, Hayden Clark and some of the other guys got together and said, hey, when we get done with the handshake, let's all get around Reese and get a picture. And, and she has that picture framed up um, as we speak. So it's uh, it was a special moment for not only for her, um, for our family, but also for those boys um, that realize that she's a, she's a, she's a Mill Creek Hawk through and through. That's for sure. It also goes back to sacrifices, as, as you know. I mean, y'all y'all have to miss a lot on Friday nights for your families. Mm -hmm. um, there's not. It doesn't matter. Our family, uh, and I can probably speak for a lot of folks on that text line or all the coaches around the state. Well, if you have a birthday on a Friday night. Uh, we're we're celebrating Saturday. Mm -hmm. not, it's not that we're not going to celebrate it, um, but we're going to go anniversary, anything. Um, you know, saying we're going to celebrate it. But it's if it's home game night, that's what you do. You know, what I'm saying we go we go to the football game and then we'll do that. So there's been sacrifices by her and, and all of our the coaches' kids around the state. That uh, it's good for have that moment. That's for sure. My twins' birthday is on championship, so we are doing it the following weekend. There you go. Uh -huh. well, you know exactly. Well, it's she looked, too. yep, she looked stunning, and I was going to give your Twitter a <laughs> shout out. So if people want to go see that picture, it's at Coach J Lovelady, and yes. so people can go in and look at that picture with her in the center and the whole team. It's really cute. Awesome, thank you. Well, Coach, thanks for hanging out with us and letting everybody know what's going on up there at Mill Creek. It's a big matchup. Two nationally ranked teams going at it on Football Fridays coming up this Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the podcast and talking more than just the game with the two top 25s. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, go Hawks. So it's going to be a great one again. Mill Creek versus Buford, Tom Ryden Stadium, Friday, 7.30 p.m. But remember... It, it, the night starts before that. Of course, Recruiting 2022 airs right before at 7 o'clock. And I was able to catch up with running back Justice Haynes from Buford go. this week. There so you, go. you guys want to check that out, and we'll air it during our halftime and, and post it on social media and stuff too. So he was a great interview, committed to Alabama. He had some things to say about his dad too, Veron Haynes. Yes. Great story there. Yep. It's, uh, I'm, let, me, let me guess. Was there a hobnail boot question? Of course there was. Yeah, stepped on a stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke their nose. That's of what. Of course there that's was. That's what Buford's trying to do this week against Mill Creek. I'm sure. I asked him how many times have you been asked that? Eleventy billion in your lifetime. <laughs> yeah, eleventy billion. I think is the answer. <laughs> quite a bit. Quite a bit. I hear that all the time. Still to this day, probably hear. It. I think everyone that talks to me about Alabama and like the whole recruiting thing, they're like the hobnail boot. Everyone always has to bring up the hobnail boot. So we got As that. promised, we, yes. we had some more games you wanted to take a look yeah. at from last yeah, week, I mean, John. Since, so since so you, what were the big storylines? Yeah. I mean, for for me, uh, you you kind of you talked about Wintersville. You talked mm -hmm. about Fitzgerald's big win against Worth County. Uh, the one for me, Appling. When was the last time you heard of a team playing twice in five days? What? Yeah, get this. The 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 game. Remember the podcast last week? Mm -hmm. Appling and Pierce. Yes. They got pushed because yes, of Hurricane. Yes, we Ian. previewed the game endlessly. Yeah. and it didn't happen. Yeah, so they pushed it to Monday. <laughs> okay. And so they play it on Monday. Pierce County 
uh, loses to Appling 28-17. Uh, John Kuhn was down there for me, and he's like, yeah, the Appling County's offensive line is just huge, and they're just pushing everyone around. And so that's something to keep an eye on with Appling County. So they play on Monday. Then they play on Friday. So basically it's like Tuesday's recovery, Wednesday's uh, maybe a little bit of practice, Thursday's your walkthrough, and then you go and play at Tombs County and you win 34-21. So Appling County had two wins in five days last week. Wow. So that was pretty, that was pretty, that's pretty funny. So, Do uh, they at least get a bye week? Uh, no, they're at Windsor Forest, Ooh, by the way, this week. Tough. So, yeah, they play Windsor Forest. So it'll be three games in 12 days wow. for Appling County to get back online. And what if they get all three wins? That's yeah. pretty epic. Yep. So those, that's just some of the highlights for me this week. Cool. Well, we have another game to look forward to. It's our web game, Region 2 5A, Jones County versus Dutchtown in Hampton, Georgia. The Bulldogs are 6-0, 2-0 in region play, looking to maintain that undefeated schedule. And Jones County, 4-3, 2-1 in region play. What are your thoughts on that one, John? Offense versus defense. I, and literally, that, that is literally what you're staring at when you look at the Dutchtown Bulldogs and head coach Nikita Battle. It is defense, defense, defense. And did I mention defense? They suffocate you on defense and have done a tremendous job doing that. Jones County, with their very talented uh, junior pitch and catch combo, uh, Mike Chastain, he wants to light light up the scoreboard all night long. So it's going to be contrasting styles and, and which one of you wins out. Literally, it's the defense of Dutchtown, the offense of Jones County. Which one of you is going to to sit there and get the Duke? And it will be the the interesting clash of styles in the web game. Uh, by the way, Jones County, some of the home of the best barbecue on mm. the planet. By the way, is there an example? Yeah, Old Clinton. It's right right there um, on the right there on the Gray Highway okay. as you're heading into Gray itself. On the way to Jones County High School, Old Clinton Barbecue, best barbecue in the state. What's your order? Uh, for me, it was it was um, straight up barbecue sandwich, okay. uh, double mac and cheese, and uh, I left with a big tub of their vinegar based barbecue sauce. Oh, that's the best! That's and the best. And also, uh, what, oh, and like three extra pounds of their pulled pork. Oh, my gosh. Vinegar-based sauce. Uh-huh. Drink it. So there you go. Okay. Most importantly. Yes. We're, we're getting Other to the end the of the food. <laughs> yes. More important than the food. Okay. Flag football is starting this week. I am so excited. So we have our kickoff tournament mm-hmm. called the Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions. Which is, <laughs> thank you, John, uh-huh. <laughs> which will be hosted this Thursday, October 13th by West Forsyth. Mm-hmm. And we've got a loaded lineup at 6 p.m. It's Southeast Bullock versus Hillgrove. 7 p.m. Archer versus Portal. 8 p.m. West Forsyth versus Marietta. And these are state champions, runner-up, semifinalists. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are really good. Some of the best flag football teams in the state this is going to be so fun, and I'm so excited to showcase these girls and what they can do on the on the football field. And I mean, these are these are athletes that get scholarships mm-hmm. because of and flag job football offers now. now. Yeah, and so you're you're getting this and being able to. This is our third year being able to show it on Georgia Public Broadcasting, and it's going to be on our, our streaming platforms here with Clash of Champions as kind of a build up to. Uh, the championships at Georgia State where we get to, to showcase the best there as well. Remember, uh, Dodge beat Lithia Springs last year in the 5A-6A title game. So you're dealing with the single-to-quad champ, the single-to-quad runner-up, 7A state champ, 7A semifinalist, the 2020 6A-7A champ in West Forsyth, and the 7A runner-up in Marietta. 
And it, it, this one's going to be fun. Uh, we've had folks reach out to us on social media when we would show the championships and sit there and go, this is the addiction that I didn't know that I had until I started watching. And it has been the downloads on YouTube are tremendous. It's some of our most downloaded games across mm-hmm. the board at GPB Sports. And to be able to, to have this is kind of our kickoff for the flag football season. Very, very cool to be up there at West Forsyth. Yeah, and I heard the games are being rewatched like crazy uh-huh. right now on YouTube to get ready for this. So then after this Thursday, we will have a st- – Flag football stream every single Thursday. Follow us at GBB Sports for the announcements on which games we will be at. Okay, before we go today, we got to do our quick staff around staff whip around. Laster lost to Roswell 58 to 0. You see Central how she Macon blows through lost that? Lost to Ace Charter 32 to 6. Parkview is off. They play Archer this week. Okay, then the winners. What are the winners, John? Well, Commander Sandy's Decatur beat Arabia Mountain 23 <laughs> to 8. So they're not. See how she blows through the losers I, in the week? I did notice that. That, that went very. Especially the, Wait, that Lassiter score. We're out of time. We're out of time, <laughs> John. The Lassiter score just kind of. just. Uh, yeah. it was, it, what did you guys. What did he say last week? He was going to take care of business. I guess Roswell yeah. did. They, yeah, exactly. I didn't yeah. think. I was trying not to, to yeah. talk about this. Yeah, see, Coach Pruitt, he held, he held himself to his word in the postgame show uh, on Football he said, Fridays. Quote, yeah. We'll take care of them hey, for you. We'll take ya. care of them for you. Yeah, how's that for a double-sided quote? We know yeah. what it, we know what he meant now. Uh, but, Ooh. yeah, Central Macon's Chargers lose to Ace Charter. Ace Charter's been putting up some really strong numbers, Coach Hatcher and that offense. But uh, Central Macon uh, loses. Uh, and Jake's, Jake the Snake's Parkview is off. Parkview and Archer, that's a big Gwinnett County battle. All right, so now uh, Decatur wins. They go to 3-4. and four. Lakeside beat Drew. We're now 5-2, and two, uh, but we play a non-region schedule. And once again, Ambassador Jeremy's Darlington team. Ambassador Back Jeremy's Darlington. got it. Beat Chattooga, 48 21. Jeremy's beating us. 7 all. And 0. 7 and 0. 3 and 0 in region. So that's strong there in single A for uh, for Ambassador Jeremy to get wow. the. He's out there. Like, Might be the only 7 and 0 team in Georgia. No. I'm just joking. I think Early County is 7 and 0. See, now you're going to have me look it up Early County really yeah. quickly. What I, teams are seven and zero? I need all of them. Well, we got we got a lot of six and O's. Uh, Darlington's at seven and zero. Elbert and Rabin, mm. and that's another big matchup coming up this week. Elbert and Rabin, both seven and zero. Early County seven and zero. So you got a handful of folks that are seven and zero that are chasing after. We still have a lot of six and O's, but yeah, seven and zero, trying to get to their bye weeks late in the year so they can rest up for season three. We'll give you all the best games to watch on Counting and a Kickoff on Thursday. Check. Join us. On CTK, mm-hmm. GPB Sports Facebook Live, noon, yes. Thursday. Yes, book them, Dano. Aloha. Mm-hmm. What you writing about this week on your blog? Uh, probably, hey, you're still undefeated. Mm. Some of the more uh, some of the more undefeated folks that uh, are still hanging in there. How many are there now? Uh, see, now you want me to do math. You don't want that. I'd be here forever. TBD. Yes. Well, we'll let you know on Countdown. There you go. So it sounds, it sounds like a column and it sounds like a show. That sounds like a show to me. All right, so let's see. For everybody here, so who's behind the glass? Let's see. For Well, for Hannah, who's right there. Let's see. It's Jake the Snake, Ambassador Jeremy, Commander Sandy, King James, and that's, uh, and that's, that's it. I think that's everybody and you. So uh, that's you. And You're so, welcome. Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> I like how I like how the the thank yous just work their way backwards. It's like you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, you're thank, welcome for thank another you for my great presence. show. You're you're welcome. Yes, yeah, because so, I did this. Yes, you're welcome because I did this. We're gonna put that on the we're gonna put that on the board in the office. Make sure it's another quote from Hannah that goes in the office. So for all of us here at GPB, I think it's time to go because Hannah needs some caffeine and I need some lunch. So for everybody here at GPB, play it safe. Everybody enjoy your games. We'll see you next week.
brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.